Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip the Block, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about the news and the issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, uh, we have Chief John Newman. We have Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, Corporal David Diagresta. Uh, we have Officer Andrew Casal and Producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys. Also, a shout out to all of our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, Tactote, and also we are fueled by Bang Energy, and we also have MyMedicare.Live. So thanks to all those entities for helping make the show happen. Another video, and again, podcast, radio listeners, we're going to describe in great detail what goes on. So th this is uh, Butters, the channel that's on Rubble. Phoenix Police, they release a body cam of a man who fired gunshots at their patrol car and they are being criticized with the use of force. Patrol car starts to back out of the parking space to respond to a call for service. The man pulls out a handgun. A shot goes off into the ground. The man then points the handgun at the officers in their car and fires one more shot. So it's really a wild video. Phoenix police, they re released this, uh, it's edited video, but they released it on Thursday. Two officers are arresting a guy um, who fired gunshots at the patrol car. It happened last month, which has been criticized as excessive force. New surveillance video showed that the two officers, they left a quick trip uh, store on October the 27th and 38-year-old Harry Denman, he starts to talk to them just outside the front doors. So they get into the patrol SUV and they're on the way to another call. So as they're backing out, our bad guy, Denman, he pulls out a gun and his first shot that he's, he's pointed at towards the SUV, but it actually goes into the ground. But the surveillance video shows him shooting at the SUV. So that bullet um, hit the driver's side floodlight, the second shot, and it hit the door frame. They've got a good picture of it. So Demon then decides to run into the convenience store. So surveillance video shows him inside the quick trip with the gun in his right hand, and he walks across the store, and he goes in between customers, and there's no audio on that portion of it, but the officers, they run in with their weapons drawn. He's seen in the video with his hands up, and it's unclear where the gun is at, and so the cops are asking where the gun's at, so I think that we got audio at this point, and Demon's heard groaning. One of the officers hits him in the head. They put him in handcuffs, and the video fades to black. So the second uh, body cam, it shows... The, it starts off with the officer um, already having the bad guy in handcuffs. There's blood on the ground. He's saying, I'm going to blow your expletive head off, dude. And the officer said that he found the gun, but it's unclear you know, where it was at. Um, so our bad guy um, says, I don't have a problem with you guys. And he says, um, and the cop says, well, don't expletive shoot at us, the officer replies. And he said, sorry, I was trying to shoot over you. And it kind of goes back and forth with that. But they've got this video that comes out. Um, some people had um, problems with the use of force in this. Uh, so let's get a, a take from our internal affairs commander, Captain Brett Bartlett. I was doing pretty good. Uh, they rush in, they point guns at him, they cuff him up. I was doing pretty good, but then it started to kind of go downhill. You know, they're kicking the guy or they're, he's poking that rifle at him. That rifle should have been slung across his shoulder. You know, he's, he, you know his, his hands on the gun, if that guy was moving around, 
you could end up, you know, uh, firing a uh, negligent shot. So I, I think there's going to be some issues here. I would certainly have a lot of questions about what happened after the guy was turned over and after he was under control. Thanks. Lieutenant. Well, you know, when somebody shoots at you, there's a whole lot of stuff going on emotionally, psychologically. And these officers were about pegged at the, I almost got killed here in this moment. And the fact that these officers, I believe, used restraint in not shooting this moron, um, I think they should be commended for it. Uh, their adrenaline was pumping a mile a minute. They were, uh, they were, uh, uh, they, they clearly had issues when it came to um, how they reacted to the situation. But uh, this needs to be understood that when you're in combat, that, uh, that, you, that things don't actually go uh, as if you're, you're uh, um, in, in, a, in a, you know, going to the library kind of deal, okay? Uh, these guys had every right to be, um, to be keyed up. And I think that I think they actually use a lot of restraint here. All right. Thanks, Lieutenant. You know, I, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, these guys realize how close they came to biting it. Um, Corporal David, we got 55 seconds. Go ahead, John. You're first. Um, I, I, I got to agree with Brett. And I think um, I know what Randy's saying, but they had enough time to get out of their car, holster their take, the, you know, the rifle instead of the pistol. I get it, I, and then they get worked back up again, making entry into the convenience store. But man, they use enough control to get their 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 equipment out of the car, make entry, and go in. Because I was wondering why they just didn't put the car in drive and help them get into the convenience store. But that's a story for another day. So I I, I do think once they got there, I had issues with them putting the pistol on the guy's back. I'm glad. Okay, four, three, two, one. Hey, we'll see you on the other side. Take care of your server. We'll be here every Thursday. All right. Thanks. Hey, guys, uh, it's time for the Wounded Blue. So, Randy, I'm going to give you a jump start. You got a little over 60 seconds. Go ahead. Okay. So the Wounded Blue is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Officers, a nationwide charitable organization that helps injured officers, whether those injuries are physical or emotional and psychological. And last year, more than 62,000 American law enforcement officers were physically assaulted in the line of duty. They were shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, hit by cars, hit by bottles. And many of these officers are facing, uh, are facing incredible traumas. And very few people really understand what they're facing. The Wounded Blue has a peer support team that helps these injured officers we are literally a resource for every police officer and police uh, department in America. Go to the woundedblue.org. Give 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, whatever you can afford. These men and women deserve your help. Excellent. Thank you, Randy. Um, we'll be right back, guys. Just a few seconds here. All right. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable show. Um, Lieutenant Randy, I know that we had uh, cut you off at the, uh, at the tail end of that last story, but is there anything else you wanted to add? Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Was Lieutenant Randy wasn't talking. It was I John was Catherine. talking. <laughs> hey, hey, Randy, by the way, thanks for doing what you're doing. That's that's an incredible organization. I got to see you at work in May in D.C. Everyone came to your you know, your tent. You, you guys were engaging. You guys do great work. But get back to the topic. I got to tell you, 
I didn't like the guy poking the guy with the with, with the rifle. I there are too many things that can go wrong. Unlike Ward, who's on the show every now and then, they're lucky that's all they heard in terms of like you know vulgar and profanity because I would have been dropping f bombs like candy because I'm a recovering f bomb addict. But I had issues with the way they handled him, not physically, just you 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 had enough wherewithal to get out of your car, to get the right kind of gear, to get inside the store, to identify this guy in a group of three or four, to do the right thing. And then I thought it a little bit, went a little bit downhill. I don't, because bad things could happen. I do think what they did was phenomenal. I do think what they did was awesome. I don't think there's a use of force complaint here. I just didn't like the, I really had issues with the guy getting poked by the rifle, only because what could have happened in terms of ramifications so, I mean, I, I got to agree with Brett on this a little bit. I just didn't like the way the end of it went. But I don't think it was a policy violation. That's a mo- Monday morning quarterback observation. You know, a guy on a panel on his show on Monday night observation. But overall, I think they did a phenomenal job. All right. Yes, pretty much. Yes. G- good job. But I, I, the the contact with the firearms is, is always a... Uh, you kind of grit your teeth and go, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, you go in, you're hot. Um, somebody, somebody holster, you know, cover, somebody cover, somebody holster and put handcuffs on. And in the interim of putting handcuffs on, if he doesn't obey your commands immediately, then you can use uh, the appropriate physical force to cause him to comply uh, while he screams like a small girl. Uh, other than that, uh, they did a, a good job. And I understand the adrenaline, Ben, they done that, but... Uh, we talked about the proper tool for the job. Uh, a firearm is not an impact weapon. Uh, don't use it as such. But no, no policy violation. No, no, no discipline in this one. Just a friendly chat on the, on the backside, guys. Be careful. All right, Andrea. On that note, we lost Dave. So I just I didn't love this one just by watching that. Um, I think that um, it was kind of one of those POP incidents. I think that once they had that moment to kind of almost the situation de-escalated itself. I think this is where, you know what, you take a step back, take them into custody. And then I, I do understand why they were feeling that way. I get it. But if they would have immediately jumped out of the car, gone in with guns, and then we would have seen that. But there was a little bit of a delay. That's the part where I think people start to look at law enforcement a little bit differently. You know, you kind of, you have that that moment where, you know, the guy's coming in with the gun into the convenience store nobody really probably knows what happened outside. You have a different perspective when all of a sudden you've got these, you know, obviously the clerk or whoever's taking that video inside and all they see is officers kicking the guy down on the ground where, Oh no, poor guy. You know, these officers are, are being so brutal to him. They have no idea what happened outside. You kind of have to take that all into consideration. Unfortunately, we're all eyes are on us all of the time and you need to understand. I understand your adrenaline's up. Totally get it. Compose yourself. Take him, you know, take him into custody and no need to kick him. No need to hit him with a gun. Let's just, you know, let's do what we need to do. Threat is neutralized. You know, this, this de-escalated itself naturally. All right. Thanks, Andrea. Moving on. Oh, go ahead, Captain. Well, I want to move on. Uh, we've been talking about this for way too long, but go ahead. I just want to say that uh, I can't imagine what those guys were feeling. I was just hoping the bad guy would be repelled by the smell of fresh urine. But once uh. that's done, you got to take a deep breath. You got to lay there and you got to get your heart rate down because you're going to have to make, you're going to have to make good decisions. And I don't think good decisions are being made. 
All right, thank you. Well, look, moving along, we're back on uh, Rumble. This is Butter. Um, 19-year-old Georgia murder suspect is tased by Flagler deputy during arrest. Look, last chance. Down on your knees, now. Look, go down onto your knees. So I'm going to bump this article up because uh, Captain uh, John mentioned this. I want to make sure we have time to cover it. So 19-year-old Georgia man charged with murder in the killing of one of his family members uh, the morning of Wednesday, November the 9th. So the suspect is Luke Ingram of Dunwoody, Georgia, is also charged with domestic battery by strangulation in connection with an attack on a second family member. So this guy's got issues. So the second family member told detectives that Ingram has schizophrenia and he'd been acting strange the previous day. The original crime scene reflected a very violent and brutal attack, according to the Flagler County Sheriff uh, Rick Staley. So Flagler County Sheriff's Office deputies, they responded um, in the Palm Coast at approximately 2.56 in the morning on Wednesday, November the 9th, after a 911 call said that a man had shown up at her at her front door saying that he had been attacked and that he needed help. So when the cops or the deputies, when they get there, they make contact with the suspect who said that he'd been attacked. Um, well, I guess they made contact with the suspect who said that he had been attacked by a family member. So the victim said that he believed the suspect had also attacked a second family member within the residence. So they may have got the suspect and, and uh, victims mixed up in the article, but the deputies then respond to the location. They locate the actual suspect standing near a man who appeared to be dead or severely injured. Suspect was standing next to a blunt object, which appeared to have been used in the attack. So the deputies order the suspect out of the residence. He leaves, but then he refuses to further comply with the deputy's order. So the suspect physically resisted arrest. He ends up being tased by the deputies and eventually detained so fire rescue personnel could safely enter the residence and enter first aid to the victim. And when they do tase this guy, he doesn't do a face plant, but he does a backwards plant. Man, the back of his head, it almost hit a raised section of the doorway. I, I really didn't know if it was going to, Brad always makes that watermelon uh, you know, joke, but uh, and I was waiting for the sound effects on that. Paramedics pronounced the victim dead at 3.24 a.m. as a result of the blunt force trauma. And of course, our uh, bad guy ended up being tased. So the suspect tried to escape. Now, after all this goes down, he tries to escape by pulling his handcuffed arms through uh, through his legs, attacking a major case detective and deputies. And after another struggle of multiple taser deployments, he's again subdued. So this guy really wanted to get out of this course. We're talking about a murder charge. But uh, Captain John. Well, Chief John, that's right. No big deal. First of all, I am totally convinced. First of all, I'm totally convinced Randy soaks his black T-shirts in tuna oil to get the cat to play with them. Anyway, the... um. You know, this guy's a homicide guy. Even when they tase him, like we're looking at the uh, the wow factor of the taser. It, it was a good tasing. But once he gets a, he's fighting again. I mean, this guy's a homicide guy. The taser isn't the end all to be all. I mean, once you tase the guy and the guy goes down, you can't have that golf clap moment. You know what I mean? Ooh, taser. I got the probes. Good charge. You got to get on that guy. You got to get on him because he yeah. saw he was ready to fight again. And like you just right off it, he continued to look for ways to evade or get out of, you know, whatever conditions that were in to escape. I thought it was a good job by the officer. I wish it was a little bit quicker. You don't have to give him two or three warnings. After the first warning, light this guy up. But the second you light him up, you gotta be on him. You gotta be on him as fast as you can because somebody like this that doesn't wanna go to jail is gonna use everything in their physical power to get away. But the tasing was awesome. 
<laughs> You're right. All right, Captain. Went on way too long, just way too long. And get that guy was he was getting his story. He was making his plan. It should have been this: ask him, tell him, make him. If there's ever a time when this is necessary, this was when it's necessary. He was a no person. He was not responding to commands, multiple ridiculous commands. He should have gone down a lot sooner. Oh, all right, concur. Thanks, guys. MVS, uh, thank you for the donation. Michael MVS up in Colorado. So appreciate your support in the show. Thank you to our panel for being here. Also, a shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, Guardian Alliance Technologies, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live, TAC-Tote.com, and also Bang Energy for Fuel Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.